usually important messages come through to me in the form of little melodies. And this one is follow the joy, follow the joy, follow the, follow the, follow the joy, follow the joy. Yay! We don't do that often enough anymore as <laughs> grown-ups. What tickles your fancy? What would you really love to do? Even if it's binge watch something on it, just go and do it because life is short and we're here to be happy. Hi, I am your host, Raquel Ark, and welcome to your Listening Superpower podcast. This show opens your mind on ways to transform challenging conversations into opportunities for clarity, connection, and ease at work and at home. Discover how to grow your listening superpower to help you become a more effective communicator. Be inspired by conversations with authors, scientists, and leaders that will help you grow your leadership toolbox with strategies that you can use right away. Let's work smarter and feel better with our listening superpower. How can you listen within so that you can reveal your identity to yourself? And then this helps you create authentic communication, also for personal branding, when you're sharing yourself with others. My next guest on the Listening Superpower podcast is, well, creative, smart, and a lot of fun. Dr. Katia Brunkhorst is a scholar, rock musician, a mother, a yoga student, and a teacher. She is also a freelance author, a copywriter, and the founder of branding agency Bright Idea. In this episode, she shares creative ways to learn how to listen to your authentic self past the stories that others tell us, and then transforming this knowledge into writing, personal branding, or just living a more authentic life. Enjoy listening in. Katya, welcome to the Listening Superpower podcast. I'm really excited to have someone on my own time zone here. You're in Germany. And that's Indeed. wonderful. It's not very often. So it's wonderful to have you here. And I know that our conversation is going to be very interesting and probably different than some of the other conversations that I've had before. To get started on this interview, I'll start with a question I ask everyone. When did you start to notice the power of listening, whether it worked or it didn't work? Okay, let's just jump right into it. Why don't we? <laughs> let's go. I'm ready. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> As a child in my family, I very much remember not being listened to. I love my parents. I love my brother. But listeners, they are most definitely not. So I grew up and I came of age hiding who I was quietening myself down, not speaking up enough, not being as weird and vocal. And some people say wonderful <laughs> as I really am. So it's actually, I was so, so glad to discover you and your topic because it's a topic that's been with me all my life. The realization that people need to listen to each other for the yeah. world to thrive. I mean, what you describe is how listening or by not listening, you hid yourself or, or didn't know yourself? Or what was it that made you more, let's say, quiet and not be your wonderfully quirky self? 
Yes, when you realize that words are very dangerous and treacherous, that they can be used actively to harm, when you feel that people are hiding behind them, mm. that what you say doesn't land with the other person as you intended, that words, matter of fact, a medium, they're literally in the way. And that, on the other hand, to be able to be really, truly silent with one another, to me, usually is a signifier of, of real intimacy. Like, who can you really be silent and at the same time comfortable with? And that's something so rare that I've learned to treasure. Again, because I didn't really get that. We, ours growing up was a very loud house. I sometimes compare it to a, a bad, <laughs> a bad movie where you know sometimes there would be a plate flying against the wall, and I heard cuss words from a very young age, and just the attempt at making myself understood or being heard would often literally end up in being hurt, different spelling. So it's probably no coincidence that that I ended up studying words and becoming a philologist and working with words for the rest of my life as a songwriter, copywriter. Yeah. And eventually even doing PhD thesis on masters of the word, a poet and a philosopher. Oh, that's wonderful. You know, it's really interesting. And I know we may or may not get to this yet in the business world, so much more is being written on Slack, on text, on emails. I mean, it's it's becoming more that way, especially as we work across time zones and we're working more async, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I hear this often in communication trainings and with um, coaching people that they really, because of people also working in their second language, they mm-hmm. really worry about, it is on, takes a lot of energy and thought for those who are worrying about it with the words or they're surprised at how people react or, you know, there's, there's a, there's some struggle there. I think there's a huge learning curve that we need to look into when it comes to that. I just wanted, you know, just the power. So even though this is about listening, it's not just the verbal. So the verbal does work, but there's also the written word. And we'll be diving more into that. I know with you today, before we go there though, I want to go back to what you were just talking about a few moments and this, this moment where you recognize that you can be silent and comfortable with someone and how intimate that is or how connecting that is. Would you have a story or a moment where that happened that you could share with us? Strange. That's the power of conversation and true communication and someone asking you the right questions and listening to you that you suddenly find you have an answer to a question where you previously would have thought, I have no idea. I don't have a story. But just as you were talking, I realized, yeah, of course, (laughs) obviously. And for me, that moment luckily has been repeating over and over throughout my life. And it's always been connected to music and sound. Hmm. Tell me more about that. (laughs) Yeah. So I found that by making music with other people, listening literally to each other, and again, not verbally, but through the sounds we each would emit with our respective instruments, 
I think you can communicate and hear each other on a deeper level, like much more swiftly sometimes. You can be in a rehearsal room with other musicians who you would have thought as people you would have nothing in common with. But then you're in a band together and you create something by listening to each other, by going back and forth and call and answer and, and however you, you go about songwriting. And that establishes a connection which can feel a lot safer and a lot deeper, a lot faster, I think, which is why I've been making music and being been in bands. I'm 50 now, ever since I turned 19. Yeah. Yeah. You know, this this dynamic that happens with creating music to end up with a, a product that actually influences others and moves others. By listening to it. Yeah. You know, I'd love to, it'd be so much fun to think about how to put that into, let's say, a team meeting or a group thing where the, maybe it's not the instrument, but maybe there's other ways that that music is shown and everybody has their, whether it's the voice or I don't even know what. I'm just trying to think of metaphorically and I have practically what that could be. Yeah, totally, totally. Totally flowing here. I have something. And yeah. the other thing besides writing and music that's been gifting me with a new identity is mm -hmm. yoga. And I mean the uh, nada side, the sound side, literally of yoga. I'm I don't know what that means. I, I haven't. Means, that's new I, for me. That's awesome. Nada just means sound in Sanskrit, and it's the yoga of sound. I've been studying yoga for decades, and I've been a teacher for 10 years, and what I specialize in is actually mantra. So to sing mantra together, combining it with a certain intention, and sometimes a movement, sometimes as simple as just a certain hand movement, the so-called mudra, or even just a simple forward fold as you chant the mantra on exhalation and then the repetitive quality like you do that over and over and over together in a group listening to everybody's voices if you're lucky and you have good singers they all become one it's just magical it transforms the group like I host retreats as well yoga retreats and it's always the favorite part even of people who thought they were going to hate it people who thought they were going to be afraid to sing ended up loving that part the most where you just join in singing a very simple repetitive short little melody mm. so that could work for I don't know, maybe team meetings in organizations if they're mm -hmm. open to it. And I think more yeah. and more people are. Yeah, little by little. I have been in some big meetings where they, you know, they're using the drumming or using instruments to play together. I haven't done necessarily with a mantra, but it could, I'm sure that there are groups doing that and how, you know, you could even do success mantras. Let's win. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> You know, pick them up where they are. That's probably what what people would immediately, most people would would get. But then, yeah, you have to go beyond that pretty fast. Yeah, I know. I, I just, but I think it would be great. Yeah, it'd be fun just to see what the res, what how that would impact even doing that, and then working on a project right after that. You know, in that space, vibration, right? Mm -hmm. Vibration yeah. Yeah. actually changes you on a cellular level. I hate that word, cellular level. <laughs> Um, and, it almost and, sounds like a song word. It's a right, and this, the voice is just the most personal part 
of us, like in our voice, I think there it resides your personality and you you can only hide it for so long by masking your voice to sound different or whatever. And that's probably why so many people in the West, in my experience, at first they're really afraid to sing or chant and they're afraid to let others hear their voice. And I think ultimately people are afraid to be listened to because they might have had, you know, bad experiences around that. That's that's my weird theory anyway. Mm. I'd like to understand that more. Let's just dive into that, in that direction, the fear of being listened to. Have you ever experienced the fear of being listened to? Yes. Like I said at the beginning, during my childhood, quite often, because yeah. I would find it almost impossible to have the other party really hear what I was trying to say without coloring it with their own misconception, agenda, yeah. preformed patterns, what have you. So to be really able to listen, you have to have someone who is very safe and secure in themselves, very open, empathetic, sensitive, lots of qualities. I think our society hasn't been rewarding for too long. If we think about the people who are leading our societies at the moment, let's, mm -hmm. let's not go there because it's too depressing, but you know, <laughs> all those unempathetic, unsensitive qualities that are positively sanctioned, right? And yeah, to to be afraid to be listened to means to make yourself vulnerable. I, th I think it's a fear of making yourself vulnerable in a society that still prizes, you know, turbo capitalist values like functioning and winning, dominating. And uh, well, there is a fear of being judged or to be not understood. You know, we want to be understood, but we're afraid of not being understood, right? So we want to be just, and reality happens. I have, I, you know, I was just thinking, I today did a mom not listening experience. I did one oh. <laughs> this morning. You know, one of my triggers is that I think sleep is really important. Yes, agreed. The science tells us, right? We know what's best. <laughs> <laughs> And this morning, so my son went to bed a little bit later the last few nights, according to my perspective, you know, and, you know, and I was worried. So this morning when he got up, he's like, you know, I'm not feeling very well. I think I'm sick. And I'm like, immediately judging because he didn't get enough sleep. Mm -hmm. And I did, I reacted a little bit too quick in that mm -hmm. area. And I, and it happened and I was like, oh, what did I just do? How old is your son? He's 16. <laughs> and, you know, and afterwards I was like, you know what, even if it's, even if there's some truth to it in one hand, and he's old enough, he has to start to learn that by himself. And that if I keep reacting to that, that will actually have other consequences. And I have to be very careful about that, even though sleep is important. It is so hard as a mom though, right? Oh. My daughter's 13 and I'm very definitely already guilty of fucking her up as well because I also <laughs> I get stressed I have 101 things on my inner to-do list and my daughter says something and eventually something will cut through to me and it's usually something like you're not listening and then I'm like oops yep yep <laughs> beating the cycle awesome 
And I think here the trick just really is to try and let go of that good girl, people pleasing, perfectionist yep. side. Right? Working on it. <laughs> it is just so hard. Oh God. Oh. <laughs> you know, so let's get to the words. Let's get to words. Pesky buggers. <laughs> Those pesky buggers. And I'll have to say, I, I love the fact that I'm talking to you about this and you're and we're talking, perhaps we can also talk about using words in a second language too, you know, from in this multicultural context, because you know, I, I know that people say that words are really important and I recognize that. But I also remember when I first moved to Germany. I had to get things done without knowing words and I had to connect with people without knowing words. And so, yes. And, and I also have to get things done even today without having the perfect word or knowing the perfect words or understanding fully. It's part of my reality. And so I know that words are important. And at the same time, I know that life needs to get on without having perfect words. Can I have and that on a t-shirt, please? What's that? Life I want that on a t-shirt. Get on. Life needs to get on without having perfect words, right? And so, and yet, you you spend time working with people to listen to their inner self, so that they can put into words who they are authentically. And you also talk about moving words. So this is also images and pictures and stuff like this. So words show up in a lot of different ways. I don't even know where to start. Where would you want to start here? Where do I want to start? It starts with you, like, and me and every one of us listening, which is why I love your topic so much. It's, it's the most important topic. Listen to yourself. And it's so hard to be able to even hear that tiny little quiet voice underneath all the rubble and all the noise, right? We get bombarded, bombarded, and it gets worse every single day. And so many of us don't even hear that voice anymore. But in order to write well and write copy or books or any sort of text that connects really, you need to first connect with you again. So I like to sit down with people either individually or in groups and I have my ways, you know, I have my little way with them. I have my glittering toolbox of the human disco ball method to pick out, okay, does this person need a writing exercise to get their creativity flowing? Do they first need to move their body to get out of their head? Do they need to do a breath work or sing a mantra with me? So I lead you or people who come to me through a process and then bit by bit by bit, it's nothing for impatient people, by the way, it's a process that leads you back to remembering basically who you are so you can express that in words again because especially women i find especially women of a certain age again they try to please everyone and they try to sound like one should in any given sort of niche or area or business and then they fail to connect with their audience or their ideal client or their co-workers because the language gets in the way whenever you add your authentic expression, like write like you would actually talk. And you add a dash of vulnerability, like, you know, literally, we are all going to die. We, we don't know how long we have, what kind of legacy do I want to leave? What do I really want to be known right now? What needs to be said, so I can be of service to someone else? 
all of these thoughts can actually change the way you communicate. But the first and the most important step is always to listen and to have some sort of emotional literacy, I find. What is this emotion that I'm feeling? Is it really sadness or am I maybe secretly angry, but I've been conditioned not to show my rage, especially again as a female? So you use different techniques. It sounds like using different techniques that involve either writing or moving or music or, you know, that help people to start to get to know themselves not as they think they are, but how they really are. Exactly. And part of the, let's say even that emotional part is to also get past those layers. So that doesn't mean that they're an angry person or a sad person, but that that is hiding this, this person that, you know, it's almost like, you know, the butterfly that wants to come out a little bit, you know, this. It's almost therapeutic. I'm not a therapist, mm -hmm. but yeah. I have studied psychologists and philosophers and been in therapy large, large, large chunks of my life. So I think the way back to you is the most important way to go, the most rewarding, but it can also be the hardest because of all of these patterns and, and conditionings that we've undergone. Mm -hmm. So I need to sometimes I need to slap people awake, shake them awake. They need to shake it off or just work with sound. Sometimes I just send them to a bookshop or a record shop to browse and just basically awaken their intuition which is what i sometimes call the inner voice as well mm -hmm. you know intuition what's 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 they trying to show you what resonates right now what is an extension or an expression of your inner vibration right now and then how does that connect then to the words that they write well i have techniques for writing that get you again away from the immediate judging oh this is good oh this is bad oh, I can't say that. What if my mom reads this? You know, I have ways of, yeah, letting you go past that and just getting into a flow of writing that is natural and unhindered by all of that. And then afterwards, when you've done that for a certain amount of time, only then do you get to go back and read it over and correct or maybe filter and take out bits. First, I want you to build up like a reservoir, a nice overflowing, abundant reservoir of your own words, out of which you can then take whatever is needed because everyone has a different sort of text they want to end up with. Some people are writing a book, others are working on a sales page, others find it the hardest thing in the world to do, to write bio for Instagram or LinkedIn, believe it or not. It's totally different and very individual. Yeah. Well, you know, also I noticed in the tech companies that I'm working, like there's a lot more, I don't want to say pressure, but pressure to be able to write thought pieces or blogs or things, you know, that now that's becoming, companies want the employees to do that, you know, where it used to be, don't do anything out, you know, you're not allowed to do that. But nowadays they want you to do that. And which is not a bad thing. There's some people who really enjoy it, but it takes quiet space and time to do that. And then you're in this really high pressure, fast paced environment. How often do we actually have that space and time to think? And then to be able to not only just take what others are saying, but to be able to, you know, consider what am I noticing? What's my experience or how am I experiencing this? And what am I seeing that's connected to this topic? 
I could imagine that that would be really helpful to understand a little bit better in what direction or how do I want people to perceive me if I'm going to put myself out in the world, <laughs> you know, because instead of trying to be just like somebody else. Yeah. 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 It's hmm. true. And that space that you just mentioned is so important and so needed. And I think people and companies will realize sooner or later that that's actually part of work mm-hmm. to have some sort of, in German, it's, it's a beautiful word, Leerlauf, of have your, your mental car idling, as it were. Idling. Nice. Leerlauf. You know, Leerlauf. There's nowhere to go. And sorry to, to be using a big word, but I love this one. It's just anti-teleological. It's not goal-oriented. It's just to write, writing just to write. And that's where you can pull things from that, not just what someone else would say or what you think people want to hear, right? If you create that space first. And then I have, if, if I may, I have another little technique. Mm-hmm. Anyone who's listening who might wonder, hey, how, how can I kickstart that process? It sounds interesting, but how the hell do I go about it? Again, it's big fancy words. It's it's a method I call recollection in tranquility. And I stole it from the romantic poets Wordsworth and Coleridge. And they used in a book called, or poem, was it? I can't even remember, but I, I just love the title so much, Confessions of an English Opium Eater. Confessions of confessions an of an opium. English opium eater or British, I can't remember, but it's, I just love the confessions bit and the opium bit. It's hilarious. They basically say you need to first go out on on a bender or on some sort of Dionysian orgy or frenzy, even if it's just visiting like a really good rock show or having a run outside in nature or playing with your children or just doing an activity that gets you to be fully in the moment or maybe traveling for the weekend to a city you've never been to you know something where you immediately feel excitement experience something and and preferably something new then you need to just lie down to the point of boredom and let it percolate and that's how inspiration is made and then you just sit down and write Okay, so let's do a plan at least once a month, (laughs) creating this immersive experience, but you have the whole day blocked and then either the afternoon or the next day, you let it percolate and do nothing. It's called recollection in tranquility, darling. And it's, uh, it's, uh, it it was invented by the romantics. You know, it'd be really fun too, is if you have a friend that you want to partner with and do this, like a buddy and you go do this immersive experience. And then the next day you just, you percolate, but you don't talk to them and you write whatever. And then you compare what was written. That would be really fun to see what would happen. Right? I bet they'd be totally like different stuff. Or maybe there might be some things that are some themes that come up that are the same. Who knows? It might be a great thing to do like in a, in a workshop. That would be great for also a team. Do an immersive yeah. experience. And then where they just like, you know, have one of those fun experiences that they normally do. You could take whatever, whatever they have normally. Building, planned, right? Then, they do all kinds of weird yeah. shit. Like jumping but then the next day building. or the next two days, then you percolate. Nothing. They're not allowed to do anything. And, and then. To listen to just their own inner voice. Please yeah. compare with anyone else. Yeah. It could even be a silent experience. They can't talk to each other. So they're not influenced. Hmm. <laughs> More like a silent disco. That's a teen thing, isn't it? Where everyone wears headphones and everyone dances, but it's silent. 
like that would be really funny (laughs) yeah we could probably come up with ideas for this for the next day or two i feel i know we'll let this percolate we'll take this podcast as an experience so you know so this is really interesting just to notice the dynamics of what it works and then where these ideas come from you know if you you know knowing how you were as a child your evolution to where you are now and your journey to where you are now you know what is something that you know now that you didn't know before that if you could you know share that with either people who are just starting their professional journey or, you know, yeah, especially in this world, what would you trust yourself, listen to yourself from the beginning, because you'll just spend, otherwise you'll just spend your whole professional career trying to get rid of unnecessary layers. That's why my claim has always been revealing identities. I don't want you to add anything that you think you're still missing. You think you're still not good enough. You need to learn this. You need that certificate. You need, no, 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 already as you are. And this is a message from yoga philosophy. You are exactly as you are already 100% enough. You're just enough. You can just be you and literally present that to the world. You don't need anything else. This is going to make your life much, much easier and your success to come along much, much, much faster mm-hmm. other than, you know, unlearning, spending the rest of your life just unlearning and stripping off and revealing. And I use identities, plural, because I know like me, there are many, many people out there who I like to call human disco balls who have many different facets who are maybe serial experts and are shit hot in not one, but several areas, but who only ever show one or at best two of those facets, depending on the context they're in. It's going to make you so much more memorable and relatable and ultimately powerful if you dare to show more of those facets, especially the broken ones or the ones that aren't quite so polished because pieces of broken glass, after all, might just make a disco ball, a magical ball of light. I love that image so much. And so let's just say that they're like, okay, I'm going to listen to myself from my beginning. But there's this fear, you know, what if, I don't know, what if I don't get my promotion? You know, <laughs> Or what if they don't see or they should see what I'm doing or, you know, whatever. You know, how do you be yourself within the that context like what no i have a mantra for that i have a mantra for pretty much everything but my mantra is it helps also that i'm an aries we're like the first in the zodiac and we're good at starting things and breaking stuff and moving fast and all of that i always end up thinking whatever mask i put on eventually is going to crack and eventually is going to fall off a mask might keep me in a job that's wrong for me and I'm wrong for the job if we're talking promotion for example ultimately the mantra behind of that is never ever abandon yourself it doesn't matter if you disappoint other people but if you act from your own place of truth and authenticity and integrity and you can say at the end of the day I'm looking into my eyes in the mirror and I can say yes we did good today you stood by your values You didn't compromise essentially who you are. Mm -hmm. I think then maybe sometimes you will get into a situation that's painful in the short term, but so much more rewarding in the long term. 
Yeah. That's my beautiful. Belief. Yeah. Beautiful. You know, I remember when I first started sharing what I think without worrying about like intentionally sharing what I thought or what I felt without worrying about the consequences that the process was important. And I remember there's this guy that kind of liked me and he was there and I had to tell him that I wasn't interested <laughs> or something. It was something like, it was a long time ago. This was in college. And I was like, so worried about hurting his feelings. <laughs> and, and I remember I, but I'm like, I'm going to practice this. And I did it respectfully and nice, you know, but I just shared exactly from my heart with, and I'm like, okay, I'm just going to be straightforward. And he was like, okay with it. <laughs> That's always the and it was actually part. okay. And I'm like, oh, this wasn't so bad. That was I remember that that moment. And then there was a lot of other things where I told my roommate, no, I'm not gonna go pay that. You get you have to pay for things too. You know, I'm not the only one paying for things. Like, and they're like, oh, okay. I was, you know, I've been wondering why you kept paying for things, you know. <laughs> you know, I was like, oh, I guess I should have done this great sooner. Word for you in, I have another great word for you in German if you're interested. Yeah. Raus Islander Gehorsam. Say that again. Voraus Islander Gehorsam. Voraus Islander Gehorsam. Yes. Oh, I love I love your accent. So so gorgeous. It means that you anticipate what people want and you obediently fulfill it, regardless of whether that's actually what people think. But you want to be the good girl, so you're gonna be <laughs> obedient in advance, is basically what it means. And then we wonder why it didn't work or why they're not happy. <laughs> Because <laughs> we made that assumption, <laughs> which may come from who knows where from our childhood. Who knows? <laughs> oh, I think um, it's way back for generations. Even before that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Lest we get burned as witches at the stake. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey. So, is there anything else that you would like to share with our audience today that I haven't asked? Is there anything else? Yeah. I have a song, actually, a fragment of a song. Usually important messages come through to me in the form of little melodies. And this one is, follow the joy, follow the joy, follow the, follow the, follow the joy, follow the joy. <laughs> Yay. We don't do that often enough anymore <laughs> as grown-ups. What tickles your fancy? What would you really love to do? Even if it's binge watch something on it, just go and do it because life is short and we're here to be happy. Wonderful. <laughs> this has been a very fun conversation, Katya. Right. <laughs> and if people want to get in touch with you and find you, how do they do that? Oh my God, there's obviously disco ball style. There's too many ways to do that. I have two websites that are both in English and German. One is my little agency I have with my web designer husband, Hans from Holland. It's called Bright Idea, and you can find us under bright-idea.de. And then I have a website under my own name, katjabrunkhorst.com. And you can also find me on Instagram way too often, on LinkedIn, and not so much on Facebook anymore, actually. Just under yeah. my name. Okay, wonderful. We'll add the links to the bottom of the notes. And thank you for being on the Listening Superpower podcast. And I love, one thing I love about this podcast is thinking about listening beyond what people usually consider. And this was definitely one of those episodes. And so thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It's been tremendous fun. I'm your host, Raquel Ark, and you have just enjoyed your Listening Superpower podcast. This is an independent show. So please show your support by subscribing, 
leaving a five-star review, and sharing with your friends. I love to hear from my listeners what you love, what questions you have, any great guests that you have for the podcast. Email me at listeningsuperpower at gmail.com or send a voicemail at plus four nine one seven three two three four zero seven two two. Check out listeningalchemy.com if you want to help your team communicate more effectively together. We focus on evidence-based listening strategies, and we do it in a playful and experiential way so that your team can work better and feel better together. Thank you, Cecilia Mercado, for your amazing podcast production, Ivo Tiemann for your inspiring music, and Dorte Streicher for your impactful artwork. It's been fun, and see you on the next episode.